1: Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato and this is practice day at the 2023 Mexico City Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts and on today's episode Max Verstappen tops Friday practice but a surprisingly close session means Q3 spots and maybe even pole position are all up for grabs on Saturday. But the FP1 spotlight was stolen by five rookie drivers, all getting their practice chances. And one Ferrari-backed driver in particular who made a very big impression. To talk us through all of Friday's action and his quest to improve his Mexican cooking skills, let's hear now from your host, it's Chris Medland.
0: Hello everybody, Chris Medland with you again to wrap up Friday at the Mexican Grand Prix and apologies in advance for any background noise. I'm at a place called Choco, which I believe I've said properly, uh, which is a culinary experience, uh, cooking, teaching location that the... Select media have been brought to for some Friday night entertainment here in Mexico City. Um, One of the bonuses of this race is that they do try and put on lots of uh, different things, not only at the track where uh, they put in a huge amount of effort to make it a fun paddock, but away from it as well. So uh, in the past, there's been things like Lucha Libre, Mexican wrestling that people have been to, concerts at the Azteca, Uh, and this time uh, learning to cook, which I could definitely do with some help with, but that's not why you guys are tuning in. You want to know how Friday's gone on track, and I can tell you, it was a remarkably close day, and it sets things up beautifully for qualifying at this stage. Now, while race pace is another matter, on one lap performance, there were seven different teams in the top eight positions, all covered by less than 0.4 seconds. So Max Verstappen led the way from Lando Norris, but then you had Charles Leclerc and Valtteri Bottas, who was a surprise in P4, especially as Bottas had handed his car over to Theo Porcher for FP1, and Porsche had hardly been able to do any running, and we'll get onto that later in the episode, but uh, that was a really good recovery from Bottas. So they were the top four. You had a Red Bull, a McLaren, a Ferrari, and an Alfa Romeo. Then it was Sergio Perez in the second Red Bull. Then Daniel Ricciardo in sixth for Alfa Tauri, ahead of Lewis Hamilton and Esteban Ocon. And as I say, there's some four tenths between them all. Now, it is a short lap here, but the unique conditions also seem to be playing a part in closing the field up somewhat. Now, Verstappen is confident in Red Bull's race pace, and it is always very strong I was looking pretty solid on the long runs too but there weren't many teams that were kind of complaining in that sense about how their race pace was looking Lewis Hamilton less happy but uh, a number of those teams that were kind of in that mix were were pretty pleased with where they were sitting so that was looking good but realistically I mean this is setting us up for tomorrow and qualifying could be thrilling uh, because we've got so many cards that really it will come down to a slight mistake here slight mistake there and I know I could maybe say that about a number of races but because of the altitude as I mentioned in yesterday's episode cars slide around a lot because the downfalls isn't producing the kind of performance it normally would elsewhere so with cars sliding and tires overheating mistakes are easy to make so a small mistake can cost you a a good chunk of lap time uh, and If that were to be the case, then we could see a pretty mixed up grid. So that would be exciting. Plus, if a car doesn't have clean air, then it can hit overheating issues when it's in traffic following another car. So it really is set up beautifully for qualifying and and today couldn't have gone much better from that point of view. Now, one of the more eye-catching performances on Friday actually came from a team that didn't end up in the mix by the end of FP2. Now, if your memory's good and you remember the seven teams I've just listed, you'll know that one of the ones that wasn't in that list was Williams, or more specifically, Alex Albon, who was extremely competitive throughout the first part of the day, Alban actually split the two Red Bulls and was second quickest in FP1. And we're not talking about big gaps then either. He was within a tenth of a second of Max Verstappen and consistently on different types of tyre as well. It looked very strong. And then he was quickest in FP2 early on as well, when he was using the prototype tyre that Pirelli are allowing teams to run this weekend as well to get a bit of data on. Uh, and on that tyre, uh, one, it just allowed everyone to do some more running because he had an extra set so you could get dialed in a bit better. Uh, but yeah, that's when Albon was leading the way. And seeing as that had crossed over from FP1 to FP2 was looking very promising for Williams at that point. Now... He did drop to 14th overall when he did his soft tyre lap and he was 7 tenths of a second off the pace, which was kind of disappointing. But then when we reflected on, on how it all gone and spoke to Alex, He said, well, I just didn't get my lap together, I made a mistake, Uh, I didn't have the tyres in the right window and and I just didn't put the lap together that I should have. I don't think we were slow in FP2, we're just not in the right place on the timesheets. He thinks there's a couple of tenths in terms of his own performance and also a couple of tenths in terms of what the car could still do uh, with some setup improvements as well. So while he felt that they hit the ground running in FP1, he doesn't think they improved it enough for FP2 Uh, and there's more work to be done overnight. So promising signs for Williams and it's definitely one to keep an eye on on Saturday. Now yesterday I flagged up the five rookies taking part in FP1. That was Fred Vesti, Jack Doohan, Terry Porcher, Isaac Hadjar, and Oli Behrman. And it was a day of mixed fortunes for them. So starting with the toughest one, I mentioned it earlier on in the episode, Porsche managed just four laps in the end in FP1 and not a single timed effort from him either as Alfa Romeo struggled with a brake system issue. Now Porsche went out and reported there was a problem, came back in, team tried to fix it, sent him out, said the problem was still there. He came back in and rinse, repeat. It happened four times. And ultimately it just ended his running. He said there was an alert on the dashboard. So it was that the team could see the problem as well it wasn't just his own feeling and it really did set him back so a real shame because he said he prepared thoroughly he was really excited about this opportunity to get another run in a formula one car and how having done all that preparation both physically but also mentally uh, to not get the chance to do any realistic meaningful running was painful for him but uh, that was kind of the worst case scenario for any of the drivers involved there were solid outings for vesti and Dewan, uh, who both had good runs and Dewan was very pleased with the job he did because he said he was just fulfilling whatever was asked by the team, and he wasn't going to get a chance to do uh, a quick lap or really try and make any headlines. And Hadjar also didn't make any big mistakes either in the Tauri, and said it was the best day of his life when he finished his run, which was uh, a nice quote to hear over team radio but I think it's fair to say the standout performance came from Behrman at Haas. Now, the young Ferrari driver is just 18 years old, don't forget, and he was just 0.2 seconds off Nico Hülkenberg after the hard tyre runs early on. So, least amount of grip from that tyre, track was at its dirtiest, so sliding around a lot, really tough to find the limit and he was right there straight away early in the session with his teammate and then he was three tenths of a second adrift when they did their soft tire laps at the end of the session and that included them and actually getting out of shape and running wide in the middle sector in the high speed chicane so he was pushing and he said he wanted to find the limit he thought he could feel it so uh, a bit of a scary moment but also a sign of his confidence and where he was at in the car uh, and both drivers did complete their running at similar times and did similar laps so There is actually some more time in there for Behrman. Haas did say afterwards as well, Hulkenberg's wasn't totally clean, so probably a fair comparison between the two. But to put it all into context, while different run plans do need to be considered for different drivers and different teams, everyone used the soft tyre at some point of the rookies, and the next smallest gap between teammates was 1.4 seconds between Hadjar to Ricardo and Doen to Ocon. So that's a huge gap, but an understandable one as FP1 drivers are getting up to speed and don't want to make any mistakes. For Behrman to be three tenths off was very impressive. And the Haas engineer Ao Kamatsu said during the press conference in the middle of the day that he'd been surprised in a positive way about how good Behrman had been that he'd been really positive he'd been really good with his feedback he'd been very very strong in the way that he'd handled the situation and very professional and that professionalism had really shone through so Haas were delighted with the job he did, also impressed by his pace. But at 18 years old, they thought he might be a bit more raw and he might make a few more mistakes. But they were very, very surprised with how he just took to it so confidently and comfortably. And that was one of the, the standout remarks that uh, Komatsu had to say. Was also He was saying he was looking forward already to working with Behrmann in Abu Dhabi at the end of the season when he'll do another FP1 and then hinted at more outings in 2024 as well so I pointed that out yesterday that there could be a reserve driver role opening up at Haas and that would be a, a real good opportunity for Behrman, he's certainly done himself no harm with the running he's done today. Now we'll see Behrman and Doohan again in Abu Dhabi FP1 and it's likely that Vesti and Share will also get another outing each there so keep an eye out for how they get on when they next get a chance in the car that'll be a very busy weekend for all those drivers because they'll be racing in Formula 2 at the same time but they just want all the track time they can get but for now it's just a really exciting setup for the rest of the weekend to have so many teams in the mix realistically I'd say eight Aston Martin wrote off their Friday in terms of raw pace because they said they focused on race pace only and both Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll failed to set lap times on the soft compound tyre so we didn't see that raw pace it could well be that there's nine teams in this mix to be fighting for q3 tomorrow which would be thrilling so qualifying is set up to be an absolute belter
1: thanks very much to chris who's in mexico city all this weekend bringing us the latest from the paddock Make sure you don't miss an update from the Mexico City Grand Prix by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Chris on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast.